Hi everybody, Fernanda here. And Vincent today. What an honor to have my co-host do the intro with me today. I'm glad you invited me this time. Yeah, it was true. I decided to invite him. Because usually <laughs> I, I I can't come. She's like, no, no, I'll do it alone. All right. Yeah, it's sorry. Sometimes I let you do it. It's it's all good. It works out. <laughs> So the fact that we're doing this together today because we are here at the studio. Yep, just we just uh, wrapped up a great interview together. Very fun. And we were like, all right, let's work more because it's fun. So Sunday, let's how do we're hardworking yeah. people. Yeah, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking with our friend Max Nocce. Mm-hmm, an Italian custom fashion designer. He's also a musician himself. He's an immigrant just like us. And he moved to LA, exactly. I think in the 90s, right? Or at the end of yeah. the 90s, early 2000s. And actually, it's funny because uh, it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers who convinced him to move to LA, right? Yes, you guys definitely want to hear the whole story. But he also is going to be telling us about his journey in Italy because he was a big part of the independent music scene in Italy. And then in London. Yes, that's where he moved before he got sick of uh, the cloudy weather in London because <laughs> he said it was enough. And then he came to LA started his own brand and had several shops worked at Lord's yeah and he's friends with a lot of them not just like he custom designed great and sharp suits and outfits for all of them but he's good friends with Jerry Cantrell and Julian Lennon for example with the guys from Led Zeppelin so he has pretty good story for us uh huh and if you want to meet him for real and if you're in LA just go to the Sunset Marquee oh no we just reveal him <laughs> to the spot that's our spot too so it's I'm okay kidding. Yeah, if you guys want to meet us, we are always at the marquee. Come say hi. And also, we wanted to remind you something very important. We have our event in downtown LA at the Residence, November 9th. And we're going to have Unlock Party, your band, Yarda Blondes. And Lone Kodiak. That's also going to be in a show real soon. Yes, I'm excited. Also, you have to come because you'll have a little bit of the podcast live. Because our very own Fernanda is going to host the night. She's gonna, you know, be on stage. Really? I didn't know that. No, maybe. I'm I'm we'll kidding. see. We'll see. It's we'll a see surprise. how I feel. If you guys get maybe lucky more. Enough, maybe, maybe more. Maybe more. We will have a yeah. few surprises for you guys. That's it. Do we have any more thing else to say? I don't think so. All right. Enjoy the show, guys. Let's listen to this. What if we just? Sure, we should just post this. I guess. Sunset, and today we have a very special guest. Is our friend Max Noche? Hi, welcome. We're very excited to have you on the show. Finally, I'm so glad you make time for us. Yeah, thank you for moving the schedule around. It was supposed to be like a two, then a three, then a two thirty. Definitely. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Like you're welcome. We can work. Ar- we work around your schedule. It's all good. We're pretty flexible. And we're very excited to talk with you today. Retrace your journey and uh, know about your, uh, you know, your intake about the rock and roll scene in LA too. Yeah, we because are I, absolutely. Yeah. I feel you've been around in the yeah, scene. Yeah, the dinosaurs here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I've been around for a while. Um, so this is how we start our show every time, Max.、Uh, I have a a question for you.、Mm-hmm. What did you do to save rock and roll? Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> What did I do to save rock and roll? Well, first I infiltrated myself in the world of it when I was a kid.、Um, I actually started hanging out with older older friends of mine that had bands, and I was like thirteen and. They were like all eighteen, nineteen, and they were all playing in bands in Milan, in Italy. And so I started、uh, hanging out with them, and that's when I kind of got into the the rock and roll scene, like the live shows. And I was just like going on tour with them. And even when I was like, I was lying to my parents and telling them that I was like going to somebody's grandma <gasps> for the summer,、oh、and instead、gosh. going on tour with this with this local band. That's awesome.、Bands. So wh- and, what age、uh, are you when you started? Thirteen.、Uh, no 13, way. Thirteen, you go on tour. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> so rock and roll always had your heart since、yeah, a very yeah, young yeah, age. Yeah, I grew up with it. Yeah, and then I started. Then some friends of mine said, "Why don't you start playing some some instruments?" And since you know, in Milan, it's kind of difficult to get girls. So I usually, <laughs> so I, when I was a kid, I was like, "Okay, I'll play soccer." And I get the girls by being the sports guy. Then I broke my right foot. And I said, "Okay, since I'm tall, I'll play I'll play basketball." And I broke the other foot in the、oh、exact same place. I said, "You know what? I'm done with sports." And when I listened to my friends, I said, "I start playing guitar." And then I played, started playing classical guitar and then bass eventually. But that's how I got into the the rock and roll world. And, wow! And、it's、what happened、early. is actually when I was like sixteen, seventeen, when he asked me what did he do to save rock and roll, so me and some friends of mine created a collective, much like what your guys are, are trying to do. And、uh, we opened a social center near Milan, just south of it. And the council gave us like an area, and so we had like a screening for movies downstairs, and then we actually built like barehanded, we built rehearsal studios for different bands for sort of the the kids instead、wow. of hanging out in the streets and doing drugs, they were actually started playing guitar or instruments and picking、That's、up、like、something. And, so it's an art center. Just an art center. Yeah, we started like in、uh, oh、God, I don't know, like eighty one, eighty two, something like that, and a crazy. Like five hundred years ago, because I'm, <laughs> I'm that old. Five hundred and twenty-one. Nineteen years or only fifteen years ago. Let's say let's put it that way. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did in Milan to rock and roll, and then from there it just like snowballed into a different scene. So then.、Um, Yeah, like next question. So, <laughs> so I don't just talk so and it's like a, a monologue. There in your、yeah. childhood, because I'm very interested in understanding how it was for you to be a teenager in Milan, in Italy, and how the. Oh, Milan co- sucked because if you didn't do、uh, back in the day, if you didn't do、uh, Italian songs written with Italian、uh, in with Italian lyrics, you couldn't do anything, and it、oh. was just like. Like a like a wall. You hit a wall. There's nobody that is gonna help you out. Nothing is gonna happen. So we started doing things on our own and created a collective where we played music and rock and roll with English. Did you、lyrics. write in English at that time? I yeah, I did. I had like a like a like a writing partner who now sells cars in a dealership in Milan. I guess so. I don't know if he still does that, but、um, <laughs> from that point on, we did actually a record with this record、uh, store in Milan. And、uh, it was like a compilation of ten Italian bands. We were one of them. I think the band was called Fallen Sun, and we had a song that was like very deep purple、uh, nice. influence called Gypsy Woman, which kind of kind of cool. Nice,、uh, <laughs> that's amazing. And then me and the singer eventually.、Um, so I ran. I kind of like、uh, I ran off, and I because the military was mandatory back in the day. 
So I escaped and I, and I ran away at night. I took a train to London. Oh and my so gosh. the police were looking for me and then went to my, to my house and then I said, okay, I'll come back. So I had to go and do the military service where I was kind of like, you know, at night, if you were a good boy or a good man, you were good boy because you're like 18 years old. <laughs> you could actually go out at night after six o'clock from six to 11 p.m. You could go out in the town and, and, uh, and have a beer and then come back. So since I was not a good, a good person <laughs> at all and I would flood the gym and set things on fire and, and just... Wow. So I was like locked in the yeah, building man. like six months out of the year. Oh my God. And then after that was done, I, I just went, I moved to London and I was there for like 10 years. Oh, yeah. wow. How did you um, get in touch with the American or English culture when you were in Milan? How was your way to access the music that you liked, the rock and roll? Was it the magazines? Uh, was there something on TV? Because we always talk about yeah, the usually fact the radio and things and, TV. and things that that kids kind of exchange. Back in the day, wasn't like now. Uh, you have only had the radio that played songs, and then you had to do your own research. So you would go to record stores mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and look through things, listen to different records, and exchange information with your friends. I remember a time where there was no internet, <laughs> no. and I read the magazines in France, where I'm yeah. from. And sometimes just by reading a review or yeah, liking yeah, an artwork, exactly. yeah. I would buy the record. Yeah. That's how I discovered Silverchair, for example. Yeah. yeah, never heard of them. Just well, I heard of them, but I never know. heard them. Yeah. I and I, I went to the record store, bought the Frog Song CD, and and then I was like, oh my gosh, I got lucky. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> back then there was a lot of there were a lot of uh, independent record stores, so you could actually listen to the records before you bought them or like yeah. a snippet of it. And were there a lot of record stores like this in Milan? I guess not. Yeah, much. well, quite a few. Actually. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, back like in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that was around was record stores for the music. Uh, uh huh. And there was a little music community, shows. indie community. Yeah, it was a little community for rockers. And uh, the one in Milan was uh, Le Colonne di San Lorenzo, which is this Roman columns in a, near a church in Milan um, by the center. And usually all the rockers with leather jackets and motorcycles, gangs used to meet there. So I started hanging out there when I was like 16 or something. And I had this band with the drummer from a famous band in Milan. So. So it's kind of an interesting time. A lot, a lot of. Uh, I feel like you're happen. always in the right time yeah, at the exactly. right place. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It's kind of yeah. It's, I don't know if it's a parallel universe where it's like pulling me over, saying no, you it's, need to be it's, over it's here. It's all connected. Like, yeah, yeah you have rock and roll in your veins. We'll, uh -huh. we'll get you. Yeah, yeah you, you, you will get you there, right? To yeah. the right place. Wow, that's so cool. So, uh, what was the attraction to London then? Uh, music. I think uh, me and the singer from the band, we were on this uh, recording. Uh, we were. You want to take that? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I was just my co my computer wasn't silent. That's a bummer. I That's was just fine. I was just muted. Just kill the sound. It's fine. I'll, I'll, edit, Sorry, I'll edit this out. That's good. Here we go. Someone just play just with the Decided to yeah. bump me with messages right now. So me and the singer moved to London to see if we could actually. Um, pursue a, a bigger career, I guess. In, in the music? Yeah, but London is like a completely different world than, than Milan. Even though Milan is the, one of the best towns in Italy to do to do music, Milan and Roma, but back, back then as well, London was another different thing. 
London in the 80s was like the epicenter of everything. Oh so my gosh, I cannot like even imagine. The small fish in the huge pond because everybody was like amazing. So I bet you got to see a bunch of great bands in London <coughs> yeah. too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you have any I recollection? Started, that's when I started in meeting different people, different bands and and different interesting people and, and eventually the singer that I went there with left and went back to Milan and I stayed. You stayed? Yeah, and I stayed and I started playing session play, session things for different singers and bands and eventually got a different bands and you know, um, was a was a very good experience. But it was one of those places where you feel it's a transitional place, it's not your town, it doesn't feel like home, it feels like you're gonna be there but you, you need to get out soonish mm. kind of thing because there's people everywhere and i'm I, I don't know if you guys are like that but people usually drain my energy like a lot if i'm surrounded by people yeah, in the tube totally. in the street and i'm and you're always like surrounded yeah. by by somebody i feel drained i get home and i'm like completely exhausted it just you need drains me out personal space and you need to so yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i wanted to change it all and new york wasn't an option and then i'll tell you later but what happened is, is in london because music wasn't uh, really uh I, I couldn't live with music alone i had to make money some some other ways i started working in fashion and I started working for a company called Stefanel, which was kind of a Benetton type of uh, deal. Uh, I think they still exist, actually. And uh, after I quit with them, I started working for Valentino. Oh, I just wow. started doing work in the in the warehouse for this company, for Valentino. And then from there, I moved on to bigger designers like Karl Lagerfeld and Ungaro and then Dolce & Gabbana. That's so cool. And that's when I met... Uh, and I, in the meantime, I was playing different bands, and because mm -hmm. it's like here, you know, everybody does. So like you're always you're always making time. music in the yeah, meantime. Yeah, but that's when I entered fashion, the fashion world, because of were you uh, already uh, appealed by this world of fashion? Or? No, I, I, you just yeah, fell into it. I just yeah, it was the easy thing to. I mean, being Italian, it's kind of easy to fall into that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're Italian, yeah, from Milan. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, but you fell in love with uh the this world i guess uh i think falling in love is a big word <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you fell in love in with fact, the fabrics I'm like in fact maybe it not. is like a love and hate thing it's it is i, yeah. I tell people all the time because also as you guys know i'm in fashion too and i was like it's a love and hate relationship yeah. sometimes i hate it sometimes i love it. i like being creative yeah i love being creative so I'll do. I'll write music. I'll do fashion. Then I'll paint. Then I'll do like a installation. Whatever crosses my mind, I'll, I'll just do. So I don't want to. I don't really care. It's so. probably <laughs> a very draining world, the fashion, because you're constantly it dealing is. with people and. Uh, it is, yeah, it, it is. It's a very it depends, happy world. Yeah, it depends on how much you're exposed to it. I guess yeah. as well. I try to usually exactly. just be very choosy about the people I work with. But yeah, that's what I'm trying to do now too. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, maybe you didn't f fall in love with the world, but you certainly fell in love with the fabrics and all the. Yeah, I love and that. You're I love, and you're I love definitely the, good at it because huh? you do a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, no, but I, I, I love feeling the fabrics with my fingertips. And it's like, even when I run through, through the corridors of fabrics and I just put my hands out and just touch all the fabrics as I walk along it, it just feels amazing. It's just like, I, you just want to roll around with it. It's great. Nice. That's cool. Um, yeah. So we're in London. You're now working at Dolce & Gabbana. What are you yeah, doing Dolce there? Yeah, Dolce & Gabbana. That was the last place I worked at. And then uh, it was uh, August of uh, 96. 
Oh, wow. And the Dutch, the Dutch Chili Peppers came to LA with David Navarro at the time. They had that One Hot Minute album. Oh, the One Hot Minute album. They were yeah. touring for that probably. That's very cool. So they were in London for like two months and we met they came to the store by chance and we met and we started hanging out with the, we became friends so they, would, they would come to the store like every night that's awesome I would clo- because i was assistant manager for that place so you're the dressing so I, the red hot chili peppers that was your, so i was, was dressing your- them and then i was hanging out with them they, so i would close the store at six and they would just come over and we just mess around in the store try things on getting people in the store just partying a little bit and just having some fun okay, did they that. try on different socks for covering their dicks <laughs> We died. We didn't have any socks. We only had like a, like two bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That that's the moment when you enter the celebrity world. Of no, rock I did. And roll. I entered it before. I, I I met like a ton of people in in different bands before because I used to um, date this girl who was like kind of a socialite and she was uh, the ex girlfriend of uh, George Best, this soccer player who was very famous in. Oh America. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were, and so she introduced me to the world in. He was rock social, and roll. Yeah. George Best. So I met some, some wild people in London for sure, through her and through other friends of mine. But uh, no, the, the Redocci Lippers are the, the guys that actually convinced me to come to LA. So they made the connection, I convinced you yeah, to move Yeah, so we started in touch and then they convinced me, they started saying, you belong, yeah. you belong to LA, you don't, you don't belong in London. So I said, you know what, fuck this place, I'll, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, yeah, the, they convinced you to, to, yeah, to so do the move and, yeah, and, and cross the Atlantic. Yeah, so, <laughs> so where did you move and when? Like So I've never been to LA before. By that time, it was like uh, December 96, I guess. And I had an English girlfriend from London and uh, I moved to LA in, in, I think, the beginning of January 97. Never been to LA before, so from the airport in LAX, I arrive and I take a cab to Malibu and I stay in Malibu for like two and a half months. She, um, my girlfriend then comes about maybe a month later and uh, and then we just found a place in Malibu on the beach and stayed there for like a couple of years. How was it to just uh, go from LAX to, I guess you took like the PCH? Uh, yeah, the first, great. First drive. I called my friends in London and, and explained to them what I was doing. <laughs> you didn't have a, the phone with the camera with the, you know, you had the phone and then a camera. So you had to <laughs> yeah. take pictures and send them by <laughs> mail. <laughs> I know, I have to, postcards. AOL. AOL. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So, do you do you stay at some someone's place when you arrive? Or yeah, no, I, was, I stayed in a hotel at the Malibu Inn, and then I met some. Malibu is actually a really cool little town because everybody is like a great community. So I met these guys from this boy called, called the Boy Hits Car. I don't know if you know. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I remember. You do. So I became friends with them, and they were living in this kind of shack on PCH with like. Mice running around. It was like a, like a shithole, complete. <laughs> yeah, shithole. So they, right in front of they the told me you can stay here as long as you want until you find the place. And I said, thank you. So I did for like that a That sounds like a deal. Yeah, it was good. No, it was good times. I love that. And then when you just start your own designs, when you when you decided to bring the the fashion that you the knowledge that you had in well yeah that happen, in actually London. happened in in, uh, in steps because from that point um, I met a guy in London called Nabil who had a store in LA called Lords and he was working already with different designers here in LA um, and they were all working at Lords. There was uh, um, Jabran Juni, who has a company called Skin, or had a company called Skin. Uh, Henry Duarte, when had a company called Henry Duarte. Yeah. Me, Anthony Sartino, Ron, and Nabil. So it was mm-hmm. like a, 
a really cool, powerful group of people. We were like a band, so we had like a very strong connection. Then Henry Duarte was ousted, and so was Jabran. And the four of us, the Nabil, me, Tony Sartino, and Ram, became like a, a real kind of a rock and roll band in a way for designers. So all the bands that came through the store that we did custom stuff from, from Aerosmith to Prince to Metallica, wow. a lot wow. of stuff from Metallica to the Stones to you name it, we did everybody. That's awesome. Do you still work with these bands? Uh, some of them, yeah. Um, some of them, and obviously some some other bands were just coming for certain things and then doing other things as well. So it's, but the custom world is kind of a, like a fading world. A lot of people do styling where they just go and get things from somebody else. But, mm. And if you do custom stuff, it's usually like stuff with like a bunch of studs and things and patches. And so, so custom I think LA is a great town for that. There's a lot of creativity Definitely. and yeah. there's a lot of, there are a lot of people that are amazing at, at doing their own thing and their own little company and just launching things mm -hmm. like that. It's great. I can love you, it. Can you explain uh, for people like me who doesn't, have any clue about the fashion world how was it when let's say an artist come to your store yeah and they what do they ask you do they have a, an, a specific idea that you need to uh, make real like with the means you have in the store or do you no, that's an interesting question actually most times i sold ideas so somebody would come in and say i don't know what i want but i said what about something like this or in black what so you create yeah you have a vision for maybe you look at them and you think okay this could be cool on you this could be something that you would feel comfortable in and or you, if they want to change their image completely and drastically then you kind of start suggesting different options or or you can oh, you have to have a very open mind for and I, i'm lucky enough to have a, a, how did it work did you took like existing pieces and then you like you you could they could start from that they'll say something oh i like that but what about you know different fabrics or a different thing and you you create the clothes yourself like from from yeah. scratch yeah from yeah. the you start with the fabric yeah you find fabrics when you swatch fabrics you you can dye fabrics in different colors if, the, if it needs to so your designs are very unique like yeah, it's pretty yeah, much one-off one pieces yeah, one yeah of kind, that's yeah. awesome yeah. that's pretty amazing and they contact you like oh i have a music video or i'm going on tour yeah. and so that's pretty much what they come to you yeah and, and sometimes they'll have an idea of what they're doing and most and lately actually we do a lot of things like this for the guys from journey where they have older pieces from the, the 90s or something. So, so they, they, they give it to me like and I'll recut them completely. I'll that's take awesome. the shoulder pads out. If it's Python, I'll paint it. I'll do like layers of paint and that's do very different cool. fucking cool things on it and, and then resell it to them. Not resell it, but obviously charge them for my time and whatever. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, our creation. It's still your creation. And it's a new piece completely. So it's reinventing and recycling in a way. That's awesome, yeah. I mean, especially right that's, now. That's amazing, yes. It's yeah. a good time to do Do you that. have to spend a lot of time with the artist to to know them and to, to No, feel? because I kind of grew up in the street. Like I said, I was hanging out with people when I was 13 years old and touring like that. I kind of, uh, I'm, I'm quite fast at recognizing who's who. Instincts. If they're full of shit, I'll, I'll tell you like in a second. <laughs> and usually if they say... So you can tell. The, the, the key phrase is, you know I'm good for it. Whenever they say that, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you what know you're I'm saying. You know I'm good for it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I'll see you later. And uh, but what do you uh, try to, to, to do? Like um, when you work with an artist on uh, specific clothes, let's say, 
for a tour, you want to know what they want to express, I guess. So how, what, what's your... What? You know, if they want to send like any sort of message, you're saying? Yeah. Because like, like we're talking about also like your image, like it's obviously you, you're, you're talented, you have your music, but you also, it's how you present yourself because people are very visual. Yeah. So I feel like that's when you come and yeah. and you try to translate whatever their message they Yeah, want. usually if I'm contacted by somebody, I'll do a little research and kind of look back at what they looked like or what they wore or what their figure is like. Or you may like, like even suggest something new if you think No, I do a little cool. study on it and, and I see what their body frame is like and what could be more um, aesthetically pleasing for them, so it's, you get, there's a little research that goes into it, and, and, and obviously, and, and they're made here in LA. Yes, mostly here in LA. Some of the things in Milan, but mostly here in LA. So I have like a maybe like about a dozen different contractors that do things for me, from the leathers to the suits to the knitwear to. So it depends on fabric or material. It depends you know on material to go to. Exactly, exactly. If it's a shirting thing, when it's somebody else completely. If it's knitwear, is an agave. So I do knitwear just by hand. So you, I can do like you different do yourself? parts. No, I have somebody oh, that like, does oh. it for me by hand. So nice. it takes like two, three weeks and I've done things for Marilyn Manson with fringes and things. And very I know cool. that it's not a very popular guy now. <laughs> but back know. then, no, I ain't no. So back then, before, yeah. Before the... <laughs> we got it, we got yeah. it. But uh, this is a very interesting conversation because uh, right now, more than ever, image is everywhere. We got screens everywhere everybody's yeah. on instagram and i think that the rock and roll world kind of missed that that the when instagram arrived rappers were more inclined to use that kinds of uh, Medium, tools yeah. because they're they're usually alone and it's easier to sell yourself as a brand and it was harder for rock and roll bands who who, who were uh, relying on being mysterious and yeah. uh, in the shadow at night and then suddenly you have to broadcast yourself all day and you don't know what to do and uh, I guess uh, uh, there's a conversa conversation we need to have in the rock world like uh, how to use these tools to our advantage and maybe create our own rules with that so yeah that's very true actually that's a good observation it is uh, a little strange because uh, you don't have well, you either change it or do something with it. So embrace it, I guess. You know, at this point, you have to. You have to. Yes, because if you don't use it, well, maybe you're missing something. You're an audience that, that could I mean, you're, you, yeah, you're, you're going to be left behind. That's yeah. all we realize. And like I said, I tell him all the time, I'm very hesitating to create a TikTok <laughs> yeah. for this podcast. And then we had this conversation earlier today. We need a TikTok. Because if we want to reach out to the newer, like, audience and the young kids yeah. make them pick up a damn guitar and exactly. go be in a band because it's fucking cool as fuck stop listening what's on the radio or whatever spotify tell you to listen uh we need to target that audience as well because i feel like kids nowadays they have no idea what we all of us experience with rock well just, we're also coming out from a pandemic where everybody was locked in in their house but it's actually a definitely it's a community thing so if kids hang out together and then they'll come out with something like this instead of skating or doing something else when music is the next mm -hmm. thing but you need the structures to actually support that like the rehearsal studios are affordable or maybe social centers or places where you can actually go in and play your your ass off without paying a fortune mm -hmm. so you don't have to have a lot of money to do that so yeah you, for sure you can be a talented guy and not have the means to do it so yeah you gotta and think about all kind of things structure wise it needs to be reinvented a little bit maybe um because you can do things on the computer and just send files to each other but that's 
that's what's happening now mostly. I mean, I've had the experience of that myself where people ask me, okay, can you send me these files? I'm yeah, anyone them. can make music at home right no, now. No, but it's actually a completely different uh, experience to have chemistry with somebody and in the same room and play with them being there. It's more you. personal. That's, yeah. when, that's when the magic happens. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like you're, yeah. conne- you're fully connected. Yeah, because then you get inspired by, by somebody's riff that is just happening right yeah, there. Yeah, now like so. artists collab in songs, they don't even, they are like in the same album, the same track they work on it but they never even met I'm, I doubt it like they yeah. they just like you said send stuff mm-hmm. to the producer they put everything together it's just sad like it, there is no like real connection with but people. I, I guess one of the good things if I can say sorry using that word about the pandemic is that people realize they need to connect <laughs> for real yeah, I mean, now I'm, everybody's I'm sure craving for interaction exactly. yeah, that, that's what we're hoping like that people right now after saying at home for so long they're gonna be craving like to go see live music to have human like interaction and they need more organic stuff so i think the rock and roll is having a little momentum right now it's mm-hmm. coming back and there are young kids the former rappers turned into rock stars like young blood or machine gun kelly eventually some kids are going to listen to this and they're going to be okay wait what what were their influences and they're going to yeah, you know, listen, listen to, to Blink, Blink and then Nirvana, one and two, Green and Day, oh, yeah, the 80s and then 70s, and that's a new generation of rock and roll coming in. So I've got a, a lots of hope for that. I know. Yeah. And another thing that we talk a lot, like LA, that's what I hate about LA. It's always about competition because even back in the 80s, the 90s, or the 90s, like the bands, they were all friends. Like, like yeah. they had like the grungy community. They were like all friends. They would support each other in the festival. Yeah, they but be, then you had the um, Sunset will, and Crescent Nights. You had the Coconut Teaser and it was like... Yeah, a, and they will be like hanging out on, on the just parties. just out with everybody. You meet everybody. They, exactly, hang out and backstage. Now, like everyone here, like feels like they are competing with each other. And if you look at the billboard charts right now, there are no bands. There are absolutely no bands. It's like it's the set. That's thing. that's why it's the right time to bring back yeah. rock and roll because. Well, I, but I think it goes in waves. So you you have that. So there's a void for bands right now, and, and yeah, hopefully that will be filled. Temporary, so and then there's something bigger and exciting exactly. will be coming. But there that's is yeah, there is the need for for a stronger imprint of of, of rock and roll. But we definitely. Yeah. It's, it's always obvious if you think uh, if you look at back at history there's always like moments where there's nothingness nothingness and then you have a current and another then you have a especially now because we're coming f- out of the pandemic the pandemic mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you'll have a, a lot of people coming up a lot of solo stuff like jerry stuff for instance yes that's great like a lot of people have been writing on their own at home because uh, you, you either they were creating or, it was actually that's what every artist you know, that i guess for three months i think yeah. everybody did either music and porn and just combined <laughs> the two I was expecting a lot of wow And that's music. a lot I mean, of energy. Chow, that's a chow. lot of energy right there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah. your deal during the pandemic? Lots yeah. of wow Yeah, just a lot of wow <laughs> Did you record stuff during the pandemic? I did, yeah, I did. I did record So on your own? Well, yeah, I was locked, locked in like everybody else. How are we going to listen to my, some with, of with that? Yeah, oh. sure. I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Yeah. And nice. is, is it going to be out someday soon or... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put some things out. I think I have uh, two things out, two songs out. I think. Do I'm you gonna... sing too? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. Oh, nice. nice. I'd love to hear yeah. that. that I think it's under cool. Something's Dark. Something's Dark is kind of a peace take because I, it's, I, I don't know, I don't remember if there's uh, dots between each word or if it's just Something's 
plural, something's dark. Uh-huh. But I did that because the abbreviation of that was STD, and I thought it was really funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw that you have It's a, always a, a second website. meaning, everything that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. you, you put up a website, there's not much on it yet, but about Yeah, no, things. yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of transitioning from that. I had like a larger website, but because everything was overpriced, I wasn't really selling things online. So I, was, I said, okay, I'm gonna do another thing and then I'm gonna do a music thing. So I'm, actually, I'm, I, I'm looking for somebody that can do the, my website. So if anybody out there. All right. Here we go. If, if we have web designer. At. DM Max on Instagram. <laughs> totally, or send us a message and we'll, uh, we'll a transmit. We'll connect you guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Call me um, free to free. <laughs> <laughs> So now back on a time that you were still like in London and partying, like, do you have any really cool like backstage story to share with us? Yes, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> something you can share. You know, I know there's some things that we can't share in this. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> let me think what I can share. Something that's <laughs> from London. Or even in LA, like any, any, like I'm sure you've been to many shows with your friends. And oh yeah. So yeah. any uh, cool backstage story or some funny situation? I mean, you you met plenty of famous people. Were you ever starstruck in front of somebody? Like yeah, the only one that I was actually starstruck was uh, Robert Plant when I first uh, met him. Wow. I think it was '99, I believe, and it was at the Lord store, and and I was like walking like a, a foot. Over, over, over the floor, over the pavement. It was like, <laughs> I was floating. That was like amazing. I can't. And then imagine. we became friends with him and Jimmy Page, and then I met them in Milan again. And oh. then they invited me out, and I became really good friends with their drummer Michael Lee. Bless his That's soul. That's amazing. Yeah. Passed away, but uh, yeah, in Milan I invited maybe 20 of my friends to go and see them play. They're like, yeah, bring uh, whatever you want. Wow. That sounds and like And then a we dream. started hanging out afterwards, and then. Oh yeah, well, I'll tell you this back, backstage stuff. So then after the show, we met at this uh, Principe Savoy Hotel in Milan and all my friends are like staying, stay, staying around and they're like hanging out. And uh, then we decided to go to this club called Club Hollywood. And my, my friend Ringo, the, DJ, the, the Virgin Radio director in Milan, uh, um, told me, go to my club and I'll, I'll get you guys the table and all of this like set up for you. So Robert didn't come out, so it was just me, Jimmy, uh, Charles, the bass player, and Michael, my, my friend, the drummer, it was his, actually his, his birthday. And then my sister came out and her boyfriend at the time. And they take us downstairs to through this uh, delivery door down the chute. So it was like a speakeasy thing. No, no, the entrance was, was just normal, so a bunch okay. of people outside, but they took us through the back and through the kitchen. And then uh-huh. They set us uh, in this the guard, this area for us with like bodyguards in front and. So it's just you and the guys from Led Zeppelin. That's it. Yeah. And, yeah. No big deal. And then uh, yeah, it was actually when it got kind of wild. We started ordering bottles and people started like trying to get in and trying to to jump on things. And, and what year was that? Like ni- on the nineties? No, that was like two thousands. I think. Oh, two thousands. Yeah. Oh wow. I don't know when they did. Uh, the tour, the Jim, the Robert Plant and Jimmy Page tour. Nice. Yeah. Um, no, I can't imagine. I, I feel like I've only got to see Robert Plant live once, and I, I was just watching in the audience, and I completely lost my shit. So I cannot imagine meeting him in person. Yeah. That's in fact, so we were in the we were in the club, and then at one point, uh, Jimmy turns to me and is like, "Can you find some blow?" <laughs> 
and I'm like my sister heard it and she's like no you're not gonna find drugs for anybody <laughs> oh, that's and so then cool. I was like I'm sorry and I don't know enough I don't I don't I, I don't speak English <laughs> so funny. Did, did you ever get to I guess tile them or um, uh -huh. custom design for Jimmy Page yeah or? yeah he loved dragons at the time so everything had, had to have dragons everywhere fucking dragons inside outside dragon pants dragon vests Not nice. anymore, but yeah, Not it, anymore. it was he had a phase. The, the dragon phase. It was, it was phase, the yeah. phase, the dragon phase. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's amazing. Yeah, real that's legends cool. for sure. I would but be that was like the time that it hits you, like wow, I'm with Robert Plant and Jimmy Page hanging out. Like, yeah, no, I did. I, I did hang out with a bunch of other bands, and namely, I mean, uh, uh, Jerry was one of my best friends, and I've known him for like 21 years. How did you years. and Jerry meet, by the way? We actually met at Lord's, that store. The oh. store I was working. So we met at Lord's. Let's put in context. And we just Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, people. Yeah. That's who we're talking about. That's what about. we're talking about. So yeah, we met at Lord's, and, uh, and then we just became instant friends. And uh, back in the day, we used to do a lot of drugs together. But <laughs> then he went sober, and, and I did as well. I, as and then you were sober too. Um, but yeah, we, we we became friends, and we, then we we started living in the, together, and uh, we had uh, we shared the house for like a couple of years. Oh, I didn't know you share a house yeah. with Jerry. That's that really was a lot cool. Of fun. So we had a balcony like right on the overlooking the pool. So we used to go to his bedroom balcony and jump into the pool. From oh my there. gosh! And <laughs> where's, had a, where's the movie of your life? Max? Yeah, right. Where we, is a, we need a movie. When one time I think we used to play like uh, pranks on on each other. So he would put like dry ice in my toilet, and I would put like. <laughs> mannequins with dripping blood in the face in front of his bedroom so when he whenever he woke up he would open the door <laughs> and find these fucking monsters with like a cape and blood everywhere so it was a lot of fun so that's we a, funny yeah, we had a lot of fun. But uh, you're not living together correctly. no i was just quite a couple of years of man uh, i think he bought a house i went to another place and and i think i had a girlfriend like the usual stuff life yeah. but you guys still have really good friends oh yeah, yeah just so yeah. whoever's listening yeah i usually invite him out you know that i don't invite yeah. him out all the time but <laughs> we actually yeah i try uh, so you guys at the sunset marquee last week for uh my birthday fernanda's birthday fernanda's birthday Happy rock and roll yeah. thank you happy, happy birthday, birthday. Parabéns. Parabéns. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for your Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny because right now we have three accents around the table. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. That's It's LA. No, but yeah, it's the yeah. melting pot of pot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so after Lords, uh, what happened? I think I read somewhere that you yeah, bonded did, uh, with. Uh, so yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. So after I met a bunch of people at Lords, and one of them was Matt Sorn. The, ex-drummer from the cult and Guns N' Roses and we became friends but at the same time I met Scott Wyland from Stone mm -hmm. Temple Pirates mm -hmm. and we became friends and then they had this band called Velvet Revolver which I yeah, was I very close Velvet to Revolver, so yeah. um, I went uh, on the European tour with them wow. uh, from Milan to England and so I was out with them for a couple of, we of weeks and, nice. uh, and then we started brainstorming about doing something together me Scott and Matt and Matt started telling me no scott is on he's doing h again and mm. we should probably just do it me and you and, and i said you know what all right whatever let's do it um so we did that and we opened the store on maris called sorman notcher um you opened the store your own yeah store. We, did, we opened a store obviously the the rest i'm not gonna talk shit about anybody who's not present so that's oh, not no, yeah. into that but we had yeah. we had our disagreements and uh 
and we parted ways. He kept the store for another two months, and then I started doing my own thing. Okay. At that point, um, that's, after that's which, when you start Orphic. No, I did Orphic maybe like five years after. All right. Was it 2008? Yeah, about five years after that, 2000, 2013, I did Orphic. 2013 to 2015. Um, yeah, so with my. Um, ex-wife now um, we opened this store on sunset by the rainbow but just opposite the rainbow called orphic and we had like 43 designers 45 nice jenna Watt was one of them we had like a grand piano in the middle of the bar we wow. had of the, of the cool. store I, I, I had like this black marble bar custom built like l-shaped so i had like liquors all the time <laughs> and a coffee machine so you drink and when you had would you guys show, go to rainbow after you guys it well, used store? to be the other way around so people would go to the rainbow and then come to me afterwards like at two in the morning <laughs> so just it, was, it was a secret after party that's yeah. a hollywood that yeah yeah we had like a like a seafood curtain type of thing and we used to do like a project project like uh, images and movies black and white movies oh, from the 20s and yeah. so you That's could see awesome. from the streets of so you, if we did projected like something like a movie on the window then you knew that it were gonna uh, be open and then people sign. just knocked on the door so they knew they already knew it was like a secret word or yeah. a secret code that yeah, you yeah. say out so of the it wasn't door. just a, a, a closing store no fashion. we had bands play like uh, a few times we had so concerts, you're rebuilding like, uh, the art center from yeah the was, early time i was connecting again artists because i had different paintings and installations in the store I had different designers I had different bands play that's um, amazing I had different DJs play so during the Sunset, Sunset Street Music Festival we oh, used yeah. to have I can't believe they don't do those through. anymore by the way yeah. it huh? was so fun I, I know it was a lot of fun yeah I went there too uh, we were right that. by the stage by the way we were like maybe that's 20 awesome. yards away you, you did something with the yeah festival? we worked with all the artists and we had like a VIP thing for the Who artists knows? So. maybe maybe let's well we're gonna cool find to a way again. to put it together to bring it back. Be, let's bring it back that's, that was a lot of fun the kids were like all over the streets and the rainbow that sounds like was a lot of open fun. everybody I loved was it. like all over like so central and you had the stage on do the, you know the do you by any chance know who was behind the festival who was organizing yeah it was the the city of west hollywood and uh, some of the there was a committee for for it that was uh, organized by i think i still have their their addresses and numbers i'll give them to you nice that's cool uh, that would be insane amazing yeah do you know why they obviously i'm not sure they're gonna be around but somebody in their place will be yeah you know why they stopped doing this uh i don't actually i think it was uh um what was it for i'm not sure if it was the noise or if it was something else or mm. they, they got come some to complaints terms. and i also know that uh, what's his face uh nick the the guy from the roxy he was involved in it and he was organizing it okay um, all right so you you have your store nick, slash nick adler nick adler. oh the son from yeah. of lou adler uh -huh. who he was involved in the it he was, and the rock sea. he was involved in it got uh, it so he could be a good uh, counter for you oh definitely i'd love to bring that back that would be yeah it would insane. be a great guest cool. For the yeah. podcast, we'll collab hanging yeah. on sunset. That's that's yeah. the name of Nick, my show. And Nick Adler's number is 310. <laughs> 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 okay, get ready to edit out. <laughs> it's all good. It's 310, and you guess the rest. Uh, exactly. Yeah.
In your head of a teenager in Milan, what was your picture of the Sunset Strip? What what was the image for you? To tell you the truth, I've never been that uh, attracted to the glamour scene back then. So like the glam rock. Yeah, I know a lot of guys in in spandex and leggings and things. I wasn't that <laughs> Molly into Crew, that was not your thing. No, no, I think at all. I was actually into the the goth dark thing, so I was more gravitating towards uh, the English uh -huh. music. Scene, like, okay, uh -huh. so like Rolling so Stones, a, Beatles. Yeah, so it was a. Are you fine? It's fine. Hey so guys, <laughs> da David from Team Nowhere is uh, coming through the room right now. Hi <laughs> Matt. I'm Martin too. <laughs> We just had a couple of visitors, but they're hanging out. Actually, could I have a glass of water, please? So you can oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, do you want to grab him? So, yeah, we can. We, we, we adding this. This is totally good. Yeah. This is water. Thank so, you. I'm going to go and spread. But, uh, have fun. Have fun. Enjoy the... <laughs> you know that's life that's what happens people you know people going through their room because we are in uh, our secret place right now our secret studio well, let's that say. nobody knows where well it we is. can tell them it's in Venice so that's, <laughs> that's like where the door damn Max we're on the Sunset Strip we're it's not in Venice it's called hanging out Sunset so until okay. we can do it well, from today the we're in Venice tomorrow we're on Sunset again so exactly, exactly. tonight actually <laughs> tonight actually tonight we'll yeah, be on Sunset not, uh, well, when is this gonna air uh, I, I don't know yet, in a few October, weeks. October. Oh, okay, good. Weeks. Yeah, tonight yeah. we're going to the Sunset Marquis. So. <laughs> well, talking about the Sunset Marquis, I feel like the Sunset Marquis has like a big part of our so. scene and it has like a big part of my yeah. scene because that's where I met my friends, my best friends. You basically I, live there. <laughs> not yet, just kidding. No, but close. Sometimes. You know day. what I'd love to is do an episode of the podcast or maybe several down at the studio. At we the would Sunset love to Market, do an episode night, of the Mike Yeah, too. that would be good. That would be great. That would uh, be great. Makes sense, you know. And so how did, when did you start going to the Maquis and um, what's the, your story of the Sunset Maquis? I, through some of the people that I met at Lord's, um, they were actually, um, frequenting different bars and different it, the scene back then this is 97 98 actually a little later than 98 um it was a lot more effervescent if you want like people were going everywhere and those are the times where you started having like uh, ropes nobody could come in and mm. was, everything was extremely exclusive so very vip at the, at the rope and the manager of it was uh, this guy called wendell wendell green Van later be one, became one of my best friends, and his his selection of people was completely cynical, and he would tell people, "No, you're not gonna Ooh, come would in." I, would I be allowed at that time? <laughs> you would have, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, for sure. You're the queen. Oh. But some people would it. get so upset about not being rejected, like including Nabil from Lords, the owner, one of the owners of Lords, would always be rejected because I don't know. Wendell didn't like him, so he would wow. say, well, "You're not coming in." So very, it was like People a very just secret. Freak out. Oh, so no, it was it like a secret. Thing. No, Elite. It was just like it was. It was very selective. Very selective. Hmm. So it was like a line. Well, they, did they already have the, the, the bar twelve hundred at that time? No, it was called the whiskey bar. It was uh, Randy Gerber's bar, and it was at the same spot. Yeah. Nice. It, was, it was called the whiskey bar. He had one in New York, and, and the other one was the I bar. I don't know. Now. 
and you had waitresses wearing cat suits and boots with belts. Really? Yeah. So really the mic cool. was more like spicy. I oh guess, yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was wild. Back then. <laughs> it was fucking we wild. think we are wild. I guess not. <laughs> no, we're not at all. I mean, oh damn, we have to bring that back too. Yeah, we're trying. Oh. We're trying. <laughs> I know. I remember Max on my birthday. He he opened the door and it was like a, we were the marquees like. What a mess. <laughs> this is like really rock and roll. And I was like, that wasn't me. Like, I swear to God, like, I have no idea how it got to this. No, we're, we are re- recreating the dream because yeah. for your birthday, your, your friends got you a, a room. Right? Yeah, me and my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was fun. It was a fun. It was fun. It was I, f- I kind of want to do that every year now. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Cool. I feel home and it's, it's nice. And actually, they were actually really nice to uh, to you guys in the hotel. They weren't like saying, "Okay, you can't have all these people over." Well, you can. well, right. we were not supposed to, but you left we'll four people over. You had right? I know, then, but I feel like other people feel wanted like to come like in. Us. I left early. I feel they knew and they. I feel like they knew obviously, it. but we're trying like to sneak in people in like yeah. little by little. I was like, "Don't let's go in groups." Uh-huh. But the security guard came there like three times, and then someone said, "Like it's her birthday." He's like, okay, just keep it down. No people in the balcony. And I was like, okay, got it. And then yeah. I'll turn around, people in the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> and what was fun is that some couple that they, they were on the same floor, I guess. Oh, yeah. They, they joined the party. The and you're like, oh, no, they're going to tell were your us neighbors, to yeah, yeah, we had neighbors that they, and I, I could they speak French the with them. <laughs> was, oh, yeah, because in Canada they speak French, yeah. too. That's very cool. So uh, back to the Sunset Strip and when you, you got your, your store and uh, uh, eventually that adventure stopped and uh, what happened next? You started working on your own. Well, I, I, to tell you the truth, I mean, the, the store was, uh, was always, when you, when you have a store, you have to think about money. So obviously you have overheads, you have, you have to think about where you get your, your sales from. And 60% of the sales that I, that I had were from my stuff, from the custom stuff that I would make. So it didn't make sense to have oh, a, yeah. store. a store, store with all these overheads and all these people. And, and the draining part of it was that I had to be in the store all the time. Oh yeah. And even if I opened, I, I had like the weirdest hours. I never opened at nine. So mm. I opened around 11-ish. <laughs> but then I would stay until like, you know, eight, at least eight o'clock, sometimes until two, three, four in late. the morning. Four in the morning, I would still come back at 11 the day after. And I had people coming in, in and hanging out for an hour, for two hours, co- talking to me and asking me things and just hanging out. And it just drains the mm. hell out of me. And I can't. It's a lot. No, it's, that's I'm when you sure start learning. Okay, you know what, dude? I gotta, you know, I, I got things to do. You gotta, you gotta, well, yeah. you gotta move, go on, right move on. Move on. Next phase. And also, if you're doing, if you're working, like you said, with custom stuff, like it makes more sense. You can, you know, you can work on your own time. You can work by project. Like yeah. it, it can. No, now it's a lot more fun because I can actually just uh, take my own time and have people coming over. Come yeah, you make house, your own so schedule. Place, yeah. Hang out, have lunch, have dinners, talk about things, and then eventually kind of uh, zero in on what they want and how, how to get there. So it's perfect. I love it. So you um, found your system. Yeah, it works. It works for me, but I need to have more of a social presence and all of that bullshit. But I'm obviously not too bothered, but I need to do that. And that's probably next. Any exciting piece that you just did this year? Um, yeah, actually, right now I'm working with Mickey Rourke on... Uh, on, uh, on Mick Rock? Mickey Rourke. Mick Rourke. Yeah, Mickey the Rourke, actor. the actor. Oh. 
uh, all the things that he's doing, I'm doing all the clothes for everything he's That's doing. amazing. So you've been pretty busy. Yeah, like a lot of stuff. There's a, wow. lot, a lot going on. So he's kind of crazy and I love him, but fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. It looks like he's something. Yeah, I know. I love him to death. He's great. I think he was friends with Johnny Holiday. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. I'm very good friends with Johnny Holiday. The yeah. French rock star. We were talking star. about Johnny Holiday earlier before we started this. Yeah. Our own Elvis. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I met Johnny Holiday through Letitia. Uh-huh back in the early 2000s i think when before he did the stade de france he did like three concerts in paris in the stadium yeah. the stadium there and eighty thousand people yeah eighty thousand people each night and i met him like maybe a few wow. months before that in la and we became friends and we started hanging out at the sunset marquis so he had one of the villas but the the bigger ones obviously mm. and uh, the back wasn't built yet they had a pond in the middle so we would just hang out drinking whiskey all day long, just talking shit to each other. It was so <laughs> much like fun. A good he time was for amazing. Me. Yeah. I was lucky was enough to spend guy. some yeah. nights with him too. And yeah. uh, he was just he was just the nicest guys. Yeah. He, he was so very fun hang for fun sure. and nice. There's nothing mean about That's great. Him. But you find that when people have uh, are, have achieved what they wanted in life or where they're happy with what they what they are they they're are relieved. very very grounded and down to earth and re- they the ones that have like the they have like the, the snobby ones are the are the idiots so i don't even pay attention to that anymore but if if they're cool and and they can sense that you're okay then it's it's fine but i, I never had an experience any bad experience with anybody tell you the truth. that's great that's yeah. really good to hear especially in this industry yeah that's very, very I, have, I have a good the, story the important thing is to not be too intrusive and to not invade somebody's space yeah. obviously kind of keep it on your yeah keep it on your side where you, you don't go up to instant for instance jerry's very shy so sometimes people will go up to him and start talking to him and, and like they and know start him. like that and he's like dude just back off Definitely. Or something. but if you go there and say hey man Thank you, and or or you whatever know. you want to say. And then don't say anything. Then he'll start talking to you. You know, just yeah. be just be yeah, respectful nice. of everybody Definitely. else's space, which is my advice anyway. But then just and, and it makes sense because uh, everyone is their own private person. Yeah. Sometimes people think they know the people because they heard them so much or have mm-hmm. seen them on TV, and they they it's part of their life. So they totally. approach the stars. But I, I think like in LA, it's, people are used to it. Do this more so they don't mm-hmm. invade people's yeah, you know, yeah most time mostly is, is people that are from out of town or something I, I yeah i think jerry's pretty straight up as well he will tell you dude just leave me alone kind of thing <laughs> he's, he's like that now you and feel another one is julian julian lennon is oh a, yeah you give friends with one, julian lennon yeah he's right? one of the best friends in, and he's he's actually quite funny because he tells people just to bugger off like, <laughs> You just so say, people, you know, come, people you come to him. Go, people come to yeah. him a lot. Oh yeah, at the start talking. Yeah, start talking to him. He's like, no. He's like, go away, get away from me. And then, and know, he's a great musician too, Julian. Yeah, he is. Actually, he's coming out with a new album now. He's been fin- doing putting oh, nice. the finishing touches on it, and I think he's mixing it. Now. That's awesome. He's building a new studio in his house in, in Monaco. He's doing a lot of stuff. He's been trying to get over here for the last since the pandemic. Kind oh, of quieting down a bit. Mm-hmm. But Yes, nobody from Europe is allowed yet, so he hasn't been able to. That sucks. Hopefully that soon. It's yeah. crazy. Julian is yeah, he's amazing, amazing person. Love to death. Nice. Yeah. Good to hear that. Uh, have you ever uh, collaborated with one uh, of your musician friends on your own music? Uh, yes, I have with Billy Duffy, the from the Cult. Uh huh. Um, and he's one of the guys actually that I my oldest friends as well, and he's. 
one of the guys that, that always keeps on telling me, okay, if you do this, if you, if you go live and you go on tour, if you want to put a band together, come in, I want to be in it. I want to be part of it, then I never did that. Is that a Just project that. right now? Is this something uh, that No, I did some other things, and then I wanted to, I kind of wanted to play on some new stuff as well that I have coming out. Nice. Um, but he's in England now, so once he comes back... Uh, do you have plans to perform live in, uh, in LA sometime? No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, no. I don't know, maybe yes. How do you feel we'll about the it. stage? Do you like being on stage? Uh, no, I like being on stage. It's just I don't like re repetitive things, so I wouldn't like to play the same songs over and over in different. I, I kind of got bored. But we could that, see a one-off someday. But yeah, I like to do like a one-off type of thing and do that, something. That's cool. I haven't done that in a while. But. Maybe you do like when we do like our little festival. You do like an special appearance. Yeah, yeah, nice. I love that. Also, I had, a, I had a band with called uh, Web of Spider. I don't know if you know about that. With uh, with Filthy, the drummer from Motorhead. Wow. And Wiley oh, nice. used to play guitar with Diggy Pop, so we had a that band was left maybe lasted for four or five years or something. Like That's that. very cool. Yeah. That's great. That I was didn't like know a, about that. That was a very rock and roll band. We used to we used to actually have a rehearsal space in Venice and uh, and we were all not sober to say the least. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember I think Filthy had a bottle of tequila or something like that. I had a bottle of uh, Jägermeister and, and and Wadi had a bottle of vodka. And wow, yeah. So we would play until like four in the powerful. morning, completely trashed, and then just crash on the floor. That's and rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're missing in rock and roll. That's Finally, <laughs> we get to hear. And we used to play like so that. fucking loud that people, we bought, everybody wanted to come and see us rehearse as well and hang out. They would come and that that, that would stuff their ears because it was like Too literally loud. like as loud as you can get. Was I, I love it? Yeah, we miss loud music. Where is where mm -hmm. where are the loud bands mm -hmm. out there? Where well, are actually, you guys? good question. Are there any bands in the current scene that you like here in LA? Uh, yeah, Analog Part is one of them, right? Yeah, Analog, Analog, Analog who? I'm kidding. <laughs> Analog. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard. We heard interviewed them on the first Anal Hog party. <laughs> no, no yeah, they're great. Guys. We great just guys. saw them this week uh, at Harvard and Stone. Yeah. We were all there. Yeah. And they're, um, they're killer and they remind me a lot of, uh, of course, Stone Temple. Yeah, as you can tell, there's yeah. a big influence, big influence there. In <laughs> and it's great because they do it so well. I know, know yeah. I know. I, I mean, that's it. actually why we're friends. Like, I feel like the first time that I met, Ani, even his moves on stage. He I know, I that saw that. I saw that. I was looking at yeah. it. He was like, "Okay, was okay emulating his every <laughs> I was like, "I see you." I'm not funny. sure how he's gonna feel about this. <laughs> No, I like it a lot. It was good. It was a good <laughs> time, Anaman. Not yeah, if you get a chance, go, go see them. Go happy see birthday. Them. And happy birthday. Happy it's birthday. our birthday month. <laughs> Anaman. Yeah. <laughs> so, Analog Party, is there any other band? Any other bands that got mm. your attention recently? Owl is a great band, but it, they've been around for a while. That's Chris Wise band. Mm. The guy that plays now bass with uh, Oliver Vampires, with Johnny Depp and yes. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, Alice yes. Cooper, those guys. It's very cool. Uh, Jive was another band from Joe, my friend Joe Grah that now lives in Florida. Um, then uh, Jerry's band I want to see because they have Greg Pucciato from, uh, what's it called? Is that the band that he was in? I don't remember. It's going to kill me. <laughs> we can edit that out. Oh, totally. <laughs> we can edit that out. But anyway, yeah, those guys. Um, there was a couple of bands in Italy as well that are kind of interesting. Um, in but, Italy? Yeah. What do you think about Maniskin right now? 
I like my skin. I think it's actually good to have uh, an Italian beverage singing in English, first of all. Mm-hmm. And, and it is very rock and roll. And it's very rock and roll. Yeah. They have the attitude, for sure. And they act the Eurovision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. There's no the, other word for that because yeah. Eurovision, usually, you don't have rock and roll acts like this. It's no, yeah. it's more like yeah, uh, tacky cool. and cheesy and yeah. uh, but Maneskin they did a great job in yeah, yeah. great presence and then they have this und- sort of ambiguous presence where you don't know if they're gay if they're not gay bisexual who knows yeah like Maybe David they're, Bowie vibes aliens from the something. 70s yeah, it's kind of yeah kind of cool yeah, yeah, I know it's I'm awesome. Very, yeah, I think it's really cool, and the fact they and are. I love the fact that they're, they're getting traction here and they're being played. Everyone's obsessed with Manuskin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's great, great stuff. That's pretty cool, and, and, and they have style, I guess. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. They have great style. Yeah. I love their style. Yeah. They are very edgy and very cool. And to finish this conversation, what would be your um, advice to the upcoming bands? that they want to be a rock band? Like what's like missing in the scene in your opinion? What they should I do different? I think be as creative as you can and, and take risks. And don't follow what's already out there. Just do something new, whatever it's... Stop in, doing in, covers in, even, maybe? If you want to do a cover, do a cover, but don't do like five covers or three covers. Just, yeah. just and, make, if you, and if you do and a cover, start, make yeah. it yours. Don't yeah, exactly. Do your own version of it. Um, yes. Do do whatever it takes to, to be yourself. Maybe, I mean, in Italy we say in, in, in parallel art and material apart. So in, learn the arts and then put them aside. They'll always be in the back of your head. And whatever you do after that is going to have your imprint and your signature on it. So you'll, you'll appreciate that later as well. But always mm-hmm. do whatever comes from you and not from other people. Mm-hmm. So don't be creative. Yeah, some people say, okay, I got to do this type of style to succeed and, and make it. Yeah, because no, they only don't. care about from the money. Uh, am yeah, I sell that's it? not how you get yeah. there. I've, everybody that I've seen around me do things. Uh, they usually just do whatever they know, whatever they feel they should do or they're, or they're best at. So Yeah, and you have that. to do it. We talk a lot about that too, for yourself. Like, yeah. if people like it. Has it has to like, be a fulfilling thing. Yeah, to, uh, fuck it. Like, yeah. If they don't like it, fuck you guys. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's what the Absolutely. most rock and thing about it. Because you have to be 100% behind it the minute you're not and yeah. you think, okay, I'm doing this, but I really want to do something else. When, when How could you be happy if you end up doing something you place. don't like? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And uh, about image, do you have any tip or advice or any observation in this about world? Not image, I just say style. Or style. Yeah. That's putting uh, out there. How, how to use the tools we have now the digital tools to our advantage well maybe i think just by caring and 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 considering it and it's part of the creative it's part process. of the creative process so it's part how you express yourself yeah Fashion's reinvent also yourself, yourself reinvent yourself many times over if you need to just and do you think they should take risks to you in the way absolutely they dress? absolutely i think it's it's time for people to just experiment you have to stand out yeah. anyway so be why your not own whatever you comes to mind whatever id i think there's a point where you got you got especially when you're younger yeah you know in your teens and your 20s you got nothing to lose just go out go out there and 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 create something create your own thing yeah absolutely now last question for me how do you think we can fix the rock and roll community in la how is it possible do you think like we can bring more people together and uh, try to work together so we can be stronger. Yeah, I think so. I think you need to have uh, communities, like you said, that are maybe a little more exposed and 
and they're known by more people and so that entails social media or different channels or maybe even an app that has that and and can have different bands meet each other musicians meet each other artists writers all kind of things and that could be another idea you know to be to bring people together and it can be a local localist centered thing or it can be like a national thing but you can i love to bring back it should be like the, the tinder of music well sounder yes exactly what we're trying to do here with this podcast yeah um last thing we're going to ask you is uh, to choose a song we're going to play oh. we always end the episode with a song it can be your song it can be like a band that you think deserves attention or one of your favorite songs it can be anything you want to play no one of the songs that i actually like a lot is uh from alice in chains but it's a uh, kind of an obscure one i like oh, that nice. it's all secrets known all, all right. secrets known that's all we're gonna be playing here right now that's the vibe <laughs>
great. Thank you guys for having me. Thank, thank you so you much. For Very good to see you. And yeah, thank, thank you for, for thanks for hanging out with us. And thanks for and hopefully we'll uh, we'll do something else. As yes, well with, maybe with we're looking forward to. Yeah, well. that would be so That'd fun. Be yeah, would love to have them as well. And yeah. thank you for sharing all these stories with us. Yeah, of course I have yeah. a lot more. So and maybe we do. I'll email them to you. The second. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a second episode. I read somewhere that you are contemplating the idea of writing a book. Do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. it. <laughs> Please. Please do it. We'll I, read it. I have to we'll learn how to write first. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank right, you. Thank that you, guys. was fun. Love it.